Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, we got a bunch of stuff to get to here, my man. We got a couple of blindside questions for each other. We want to talk a little bit about Colt Anderson as well. So how would you like to start this thing? I know that you wanted to talk a little bit too about, you know, you had a couple of, uh, of questions about Bill Simmons or something along those lines for me. So I, <laughs> of course, I'll save that Bill, for my blindside. Bill, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you want uh, we'll to do talk, that right We'll now? talk slightly about Colt. Okay. Um, Texas Colt last night said, happy, you know, happy for you, man. Congratulations. He said, thanks. You know, it'd be interesting to see, but we're used to moving, you know, because he moved around a lot during yep. his NFL career. I mean, he's basically gone from Minneapolis to Philadelphia to Indianapolis to Buffalo, back to Butte, and now he's going back to Cincinnati. Interesting, he's going to a team that he didn't play for. Right. I don't know if he has any connection to Zach Taylor or, you know, there's, you presume after nine years in the NFL, there is probably multiple people on, on almost any team in the league that Cole Anderson is going to have direct relationships with and, and people that he knows. Well, my former Grizz running back, Andrew Schmidt, is Colt's agent. And Andrew, friend of the show, friend of mine, uh, he, when he started his career as an agent, he represented a lot of players. And as, as the Grizz pipeline has, all but dried up, honestly. I mean, they haven't put a guy in the league in a couple of years. That's about to change with Dante Olson. But Andrew pivoted his business, a lot of it, in representing coaches. And he represents yeah. a lot of, of coaches around the Big Sky Conference. You know, represents Ty Gregorak and, and some other you know, high-level assistants, guys like that. But you have to think that Andrew helped facilitate this with Colt, too, just because Andrew has connections in the coaching world as well. But I think the fact that Colt is going to be a special teams assistant, to me, affirms his reputation as a special teams ace in the league more than anything else. There's very few guys that have really truly had real NFL careers where they've gotten multiple contracts because of their ability on special teams. But Cole Anderson is one of them. And I think it's a, it's a huge testament to his attention to detail and his ability to straight up outwork people. You play in the NFL for nine years, period. That's amazing. But the fact that he was getting paid a million dollars a year, his last couple of years, to cover kicks and punts. I mean, you have to be so elite at that to, to have that be your job. And granted, he was the third or fourth safety in a lot of teams. He played in games at safety, especially particularly for, for Indianapolis and Buffalo. Yep. But he made his way by screaming down the field on kickoffs. And I think it's a great example for kids at all levels of football. He became the ace of the league as a special teams guy. And he made an outstanding living and was able to hang on for a lot longer than a lot of people thought he could. Well, and and I mean, special teams is the place where guys on their rookie contracts that are that are positional backups right. go to prove that they deserve to be here week in and week out. And to your point, it is so very rare 
that a guy is kept primarily for his prowess on uh, on special teams at triple or quadruple the price that another guy could go do it because you are that much better than than the next guy and that much more value. I, I, it's it's more than just like okay, you're the best putt coverage guy we got. It is. You know what it is to be a professional football player. Exactly. You are an example to others in the room, to young guys coming up of how to work, how to make it, regardless of where you came from. You're the right personality type and all that stuff. And I think that all that goes together. And when your reputation is as strong as that, you know, that, that you build throughout the years, then an opportunity like this comes along. And, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, who, who was saying the other day, Coulter, that, Sometimes it's the special teams coaches that become the best head coaches. I'm not saying that this is even an aspiration. Maybe it is. I don't know for for a guy like Colt Anderson. But you're touching every position. Exactly. You're getting guys the letter linebackers that are wide receivers that are safeties that are you know whatever to come into your room and work through stuff. So you are with everybody in the team, and we know. I mean, John Harbaugh maybe most notably right now who have explicit backgrounds in special teams that have gone on to be great head coaches. Uh, who knows what what the path is or what uh you know what the desire is for Colt and and his family and everything like that but to give it a look to to be on a staff now for the first time in the NFL and see what that life is like on that side of it i mean you know it to some extent but it's certainly going to sh- shift and be different as a as a guy in a meeting room as opposed to a player uh, it'll be interesting and i'm excited for him and hey going to get a great draft pick and no place but up from 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 here for the Cincinnati Bengals too you know proud of Colt it's yeah, on a personal level I mean I've known him growing up with him played sports against him my whole life and at this point you can't think anything but he's going to have success because he's had success at every stop all the, all along yeah. the road and you know from it's such a great story that's worth retelling over and over and over again from a team that didn't win a football game his senior year of high school at Butte High to a guy who walked on and people around the state were like, "Why? who's this kid? What's he going to do? To a three-time first-team All-Big Sky guy, to a nine-year NFL vet and now an NFL coach, he's he's done it right. And I, I'm, I'm happy for him that he gets to be involved back in football. A lot of times it's really hard for guys when they walk away. Colt reinvented himself in a lot of different ways. He had the Dream Big Foundation in Butte, which gave back to the youth across the state of Montana. Excellent um, philanthropy that he was able to do. He brought... All sorts of his former teammates from the Colts and Bills and and Eagles to Montana for his big dream big event and donated tons and tons of money to all sorts of nonprofits around Montana. He's got up top clothing. He's got all these great things going in his life. But I know deep down in your heart, when you played football for as long as he has, you miss the camaraderie. You miss being around the game. And he was helping out at Butte High this year, helped them on their run to the state championship game. Mm -hmm. But it's cool for him to be able to get back in an NFL locker room and, uh, I know he'll do well. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, Coulter. Now, we haven't done this in a long time, but we used to play relatively regularly around here, a little game we call Blindside, and that is uh, nothing more than a question or a scenario or a hypothetical type of deal that uh, you have come up with on your own, I have come up with on my own, and we're going to share with each other these these uh, along with all of you. So so Coulter has no idea what I'm about to ask him, and I don't have any idea what he's going to – well, I guess it has to do with Bill Simmons. But beyond that, I don't know anything that uh, to, to do with what Coulter's going to ask me. And so sometimes it's fun, or everybody's on the same page, okay, all the listeners and uh, the other one of us. So here you go, Coulter. You ready? I'm Here's ready. Here's my question, okay? Watching all the pregame and everything that was going on for the Super Bowl and so on. What level of enthusiasm, my dear friend Coulter, who knows his way around some of the finer spots of uh, you know Missoula, Montana, and so on? <laughs> what level Here of enthusiasm go. would you have at being invited to a Gronk-hosted event? Be it the the weird concert-ish party thing that was going on, or I would even go so far as to allow you the the breadth of the, the Gronk cruise ship that was going on. on a, like on a 1 to 10, would you be thrilled to death about this? Would you hate this? Which I can't imagine. Or would you be, you know, let me step in here and see if I could find a place to fit in. 
How are you going to go about being with with a Gronkowski crowd at a Gronk-hosted event? Who's my guest? No. No, no. No guests? Solo dog. Okay. Yeah. Who's Gronk's guests? I mean, I'll let you. I'll give you five. I mean, presumably you got a musician or two in there. One of the most undertold stories of the whole Rob Gronkowski saga is that Rob Gronkowski loves dudes from Montana. Rob Gronkowski lived with Dane Fletcher for years. Okay. Dane Fletcher, Montana State So are you, are you trying to be... Are you, now, see, I did not say that you were one of his guests in this. So I'm just going? You're attending. You, I mean, you've been invited, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Did he invite me because he knows me, or am I just get I just get to go watch the spectacle? Well, you get to go participate. I, I'm out, 100%. What? I don't like partying with people I don't know. I don't actually really like partying. I just like imbibing and then engaging in... Incredibly dark or deep conversation. <laughs> well, I don't know that you're going to get either of those right. with Rob Gronkowski. Totally. So, I mean, if 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 it's me and Gronk going out and we can mob and we can talk and we can do all the things, well, yeah, talk to all the no, ladies, no, 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 no. I'm in. If it's just me watching the spectacle that is Rob Gronkowski dancing with his shirt off and I'm just like a guy that's there... No thanks. Of of the people that are you know relatively well known sports world, let's even narrow it to football. Mm-hmm. Who's the who's the guy that you would least want to mob around with for an evening? Least want to? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Probably all of them. I'm going. I mean, it's like the guys that I would want to are like David Bakhtiari. That's who I want to mob around. With. <laughs> he's gonna well, have his. Course, he's, he's gonna, gonna have his the, priorities straight. The Milwaukee Bucks. Game. That's what I'm saying. He's going to have his priorities straight. We're going to watch some basketball. No one's judging anybody for drinking too much. It's all good. It's pretty good. I I I will end here. That 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 satisfies I'm me. not much of a clubber. You know what no, I mean? No, right. I'm, I'm with you I, on I that. I really enjoy live music. I, you know, I yeah. love to dance, but I'm not a, a techno, you know, like Gronk likes to race. Shocking man. to look at you and think you're not into EDM. But like... You wouldn't think that Rob Gronkowski would be, but Rob Gronkowski loves dancing in his underwear. I would think nothing but that about <laughs> okay, Rob okay. Gronkowski. Okay, but okay. you know what I mean. There's a very, very there's a variety of ways to quote unquote party, right? Yes, I mean you can. I like uh, to party I, at a buffet. See, I enjoy parties like parties that you and your wife throw, where you invite mm-hmm. smart people and you have intellectual conversation. Shut. I I enjoy parties that center upon. Sharing food, I think that's very nice. I enjoy parties that center upon events, like watching a sporting event. Uh, I enjoy parties that are intimate, where you can just relate with people. The, the, I don't enjoy parties where it's all about being loud and going yes. crazy. And see, the reason I ask this is because I saw like some clips of the the the, the Super Bowl Gronk party at the, that was like a semi concert or whatever and it just looked miserable to me in right. every way the cruise how i've never been on a cruise and there's a real level at which I, I i mean i'm not sitting here wishing like waiting for the day that i get to go on a cruise right but if i got to go that i would go and so now i don't know about the Gronk cruise what's going on there i'm imagining there is a buffet which probably i mean you get your hooks in me with the good food man you know you do that's why i'm asking about the level of of relation to gronkowski right i mean because I, going on a booze cruise with gronkowski if he's one if you're one of his boys that sounds great because no. now i have access to everything now i can pop the bottle of champagne the model wants to talk to me just because i'm related to grok if i'm just the dude who's in the corner watching that sounds horrible because nobody wants to serve you a drink no girl wants to talk to you i'm not into it until you go and make it happen i mean that's the point you yeah, get out right. there you sit down at the table hey how you doing where are you from oh nice totally to meet you. but the thing you is, got all your teeth in your head now you're ready to roll but like in those situations who you are has so much more to do than what you can say because the competition level is so high and also so shallow. You know what? I find that is just the easiest weeding out process of all time. If you don't want to talk to me, then it is mutual. <laughs> it's, it's, true. Uh, it's that simple. It's true. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. 
Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. It's okay, true. what's your question? Your turn. Two tell new one is one oh two nine ESPN radio SWX. Uh, so one of the great archivings of, of history, one of the great sports books ever written, not necessarily for the writing prowess, because I don't think it's actually necessarily that epic in its writing, but the information is epic. Mm-hmm. And that's the book of basketball by Bill Simmons. Absolutely. He put it out about ten years ago. Yep. He has his pure his all-time pyramid, which is ranking the top ninety-three players of all time. Seems like an arbitrary number, but he's smart. He was smart and he left seven spots open. Because he knew that there was guys that were either first coming up in the league that would enter or that it would just, in the next 10 years, likely you'd have 7 to 10 guys that would become one of the top 100 players of all time. Mm-hmm. And then you can add them in and sort of rearrange the rankings. So some of the fascinating parts have been, you know, LeBron James, when that book came out, hadn't won a title yet. He was number 20 all time. Now I think he's got him at number 4. There's been other guys that have risen up. I mean, Steph Curry... Hadn't done anything. I think Steph Curry was a rookie in the NBA when that book came out. Steph Curry's now has to be in the top twenty-five. You but, think? You think Steph Curry all-time top twenty-five? I think I think Simmons slotted him in at twenty-six. Mm. So but do you think? Do you think uh, that? I think that I think the I think Steph Curry occupies a completely singular spot in the history of the NBA because I think that Steph Curry is among the most transcendent and absolutely the most game-changing player that the league has seen in the last 20 years and perhaps the most game-changing play the league has ever seen. When when you put it within the, 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 the couching it in the question of who has changed the game the most, Steph Curry, Steph Curry has changed the game more than Michael Jordan changed the game in terms Absolutely. of what people are, are doing and Absolutely. attempting to pull off. Absolutely. So, yes. Like when Reggie Miller hit seven threes in a game against the Bulls in the Eastern oh, Conference Finals. Not possible. And Steph Curry shoots... 13 or 14 threes a game. <laughs> yeah. We we could never... He's normalized. It's not... Po- no one would ever think that you could make five three-pointers in a game. Yeah. For a season. And and he did that. It, it used to be if you made two a game in a season. That was that was amazing. Right. Steve Kerr, Dale Ellis, Chris Mullen, Mark Price, Reggie Miller, those guys were making like one three a game. They're making like... 80 to 100 threes a year, maybe a little more, but not, I mean, not maybe, maybe a little more than 100, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, They're yeah. not making 400 threes in a year like Stephen Curry. Correct. So I think that just because of his influence and the way he's changed the game and the hope he's given to non uh, leapers, non leaper, non 6'7 guys. Yeah. D- David, tell us, tell us what you think about Jordan compared to, 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 to Steph. Jordan's impact was larger on the culture of being a professional athlete. Yes, 100%. In terms, he made the professional athlete the walking God commercial. Right. And in that sense, he has had the biggest singular impact on on the world, if you want to say it like that, from an athlete. But on the game. I mean, Michael Jordan is the most impactful athlete in terms of impacting the world. Ever right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Michael Jordan changed the world. I mean, maybe there's a, some soccer player that 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 the Brazil, you know, the uh, Pele you know. and Maradona and stuff, but they they didn't have the global reach in terms of endorsement. Yeah, but who's who's the who's the good looking guy now? Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, he's getting paid more, than Michael Jordan, but it's not. Yeah, but I, like I think is twenty five years later. I right, exactly. I mean, it, it's still out of the Jordan playbook what but, he's but you, doing. You but got, I'm just saying his global you people, influence. You got people that don't even have access to television, that don't even speak English, dribbling basketball, saying, "I want to be like Mike." Yeah, I mean, it's it's it it I don't know. like English. Which was an ad, right? Exactly. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, is which is an ad. ad. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Regardless. Okay. So Bill Bill Simmons is okay. doing doing yeah, a. We haven't even gotten to the I know, deal. No. So Bill Simmons is doing um, addition to his book, but he's not doing it necessarily as a book. He's doing it in podcasts. So he's releasing okay. podcasts that are additions to remembering historical 
portions of life. The one with Steve Kerr, so good because he compares and contrasts Michael Jordan, Tim Duncan, and Stephen Curry. Since Steve Kerr had a front row seat for all three. Mm-hmm. The comparing and contrasting is so fascinating and just the psychology of those three guys. I also thought Steve Kerr's... Three, three pretty different psyches. Right. <laughs> and I also thought Steve Kerr's quote this week about Kobe Bryant was so good. He said, the one thing that Steve Kerr and Michael Jordan had in common were that they both had... That, that Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan? Yeah. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan had in common where they both, when you first met them, you thought, this person lacks self-awareness more than any person I've ever met. And as you continue to be around them, you realized they are actually more self-aware and self-assured than any human that lives. And they made their self-assurance into reality as the greatest of all time. And that's, I mean, that's such a great way to describe it. Hmm. My question for you, though, the, yes. the, the latest addition to this is the, it's an argument over how to rank three-point shooters because... Quite honestly, there, until the last ten years, such a thing. there was—I mean, there was guys that were three-point specialists, but they were nowhere near what they are now. No one could have ever imagined this James Harden phenomenon. Well, and also, I could also say, in my lifetime, there literally wasn't a three-point line. Absolutely, right. So, kind of hard to be a three-point shooter when there ain't one. So this came down to the argument then. Wait, of the, you're so old that the three-point line wasn't around. I predate the three-point line. Can you believe that, David? That's unreal. <laughs> I mean, it's only 40 years ago, and he's 40. I mean, my dad played basketball without the three-point line. Yes, yes. And he only shoots threes. Well, Ryan's and old enough to be your dad. Say that it's just, like, mind-boggling. I, I could be I your mean, father. I mean, Ryan's old enough to be your dad. I could so. be your father. Um, the question, though, one of the, the debates boiled down to, who's better, Reggie Miller or Ray Allen? Mm-hmm. Well, my my immediate reaction to that, Reggie Miller. I agree. Uh, Ray, it's a fascinating argument, though, over what equals greatness, right? Yeah. So keep carrying on. So Ray Allen is the better three-point shooter. He's the more prolific three-point shooter when it's yep. all said and done. Part of that's the time he played in, though, right? No doubt. And he also... And he, he deserves credit for this, but also is, is fortunate that he was in positions and on teams in which he, I mean, obviously the, 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 the one with the heat was, you know, probably the most memorable one in the corner to win a, a title. But how many titles did, did Ray Allen win? I mean, he won several and was on teams that won, won several. He, so, won, he won at least two at the heat. Yeah. Well, he won one with the Celtics. I think, he won one yeah, with the Celtics. With the Celtics and with, he only with won KD. one with the heat? With KD. Three titles. Three titles. Three okay. Total. Two at the heat and one with the Celtics. And he, he's, he's a great, Great. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's one of, he is one of the all-time greats. He is, and so I, I, I'm never going to sit here and discredit how good you are because of the guys that you were fortunate enough to play with. But what I am going to point out is Reggie Miller was the hands-down best player on his team every single year that he played, and went absolutely as far as he could take them. And by the way, just like everybody else, ran into a guy named Mike, who we discussed earlier. So. Uh, uh, Reggie Miller is the better player than 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 Ray Allen, and that's why it's a fascinating analysis because so often we pin greatness towards titles and statistics. Yeah, team Ray achievement. Allen won two titles. My was bad. it two? So just one with the Heat. Okay. Okay. Team achievement, individual achievement. Yeah. Ray Allen is has a better resume than Reggie Miller in both. He scored more points. He shot a higher percentage. He mm-hmm. made more threes, and he's got two rings. Reggie Miller has none. But when Ray Allen was the dude in Milwaukee and Seattle, he never got farther than the conference finals. He led the Bucks to the conference finals once, never led the Seattle Supersonics any farther than, I think, maybe the second round of the playoffs. Reggie Miller led the Indiana Pacers to the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe, four times. Yeah. And they lost to the Chicago Bulls on and, three occasions, and, the Knicks, and they, they lost right? to the Knicks. Yeah. The other thing that was such a... This is Shea Serrano's argument was... Throw the statistics out. Who made the memories? Yeah. Who do you remember? Ray Allen's shot in the corner to beat the Spurs is one of the great sports clutch moments of all time. Not just basketball. Across the board. Yeah. Fall out of your chair. Astounding when that happened. But Reggie Miller has one of those 
times half a dozen. I mean, he has. They made a whole film about Reggie Miller winning right. time. Yep. Yep. Killing the New York Knicks in the playoffs. No, I mean, the, the, the nine points in 12 seconds when he hits the last one <laughs> yes. and he's jumping around like a top. I mean, it's yeah. unforgettable. It's some of the great cinema that the NBA has ever it, seen. And I think the last thing you got to give Reggie Miller credit for, a lot of people don't know this story. Magic Johnson, Reggie Miller's from Los Angeles. Okay. I are so a suburb of Los Angeles, but grew up in Southern Riverside. California. Riverside. Grew up in Southern California. His his sister Cheryl still widely considered one of the great basketball players that ever played at USC. But there was this assumption that Reggie Miller would always want to be a Laker. Magic Johnson introduced Reggie Miller to his wife under the premise that that was going to be the thing that lured him to LA. Reggie Miller said, married the girl, and then said, Magic, thanks, but no thanks. I want to save okay, basketball. Let me in just Indiana. be clear, okay? Because your punctuation on your enunciation of that sentence made it very confusing. If you ever heard the sentence, I want to eat, comma, grandma, and then you remove the comma, sure. and it becomes. Okay, when you said Magic Johnson introduced Reggie to his wife, I thought you were saying he introduced Reggie to Magic's wife. No, to Reggie Miller's and wife. And I found Excuse it very me. confusing, and what's going on here Not as cookie. to why is this now going to be an attractive... No, now I, he introduced him to the person who became who, Reggie, who became Reggie's wife. wife. Got exactly. you. Okay, thank Regardless, you. Regardless, that's here nor there. Reggie Miller was slated and supposed to be and was trying to be lured to the Lakers, and I think that almost anybody at any time in NBA history would have taken that carrot... It's been the destination for superstars across the league. And find me a guy who says no, Indiana. And Reggie Miller then went on to sign the the three-year, $10 million contract, which changed the NBA forever because it was the first small market guy to get a big-time contract. And he built his house in Indiana. And there's a lot of people that think, I mean, when the Pacers picked Reggie Miller instead of Steve Alford, when Steve Alford was coming off of a national championship with the Indiana Hoosiers, that was a moment that really put the Pacers on thin ice. And Reggie Miller had to then make it for the Pacers. And the fact that he did, a lot of people think that saved professional basketball in Indiana. And, I mean, to me, I give you a ton of clout in terms of greatness if you are the best player in your franchise's history. Mm-hmm. Reggie Miller is the best player in the Pacers ever, right? Yeah. Now, who oh. comes to mind when you think of the Pacers? I mean, it's Mark Reggie Jackson, Miller. and there's there's a couple others, but no, Dead I mean, it's, it's not quite. left shrimp, that's a great one. <laughs> Rick Smith's, the Flying Dutchman. Yeah, you get some, you but, get but some I mean, Scandinavians But when you there. think of the Bucks and the Sonics. <laughs> Roy Hibbert. When you think of the Bucks, the Sonics, and the Celtics, Ray Allen is Stevenson. way down the list of, yes. of all-time Bucks or oh, Celtics, no, right? Right, right, right. Well, here's, here's the thing Pacers, for me. It's, in, it's Reggie Miller. This is the other thing for me. In basketball, more than in any other sport, like you can be a football player, can be as focused and as locked in and as determined to win as a basketball player can be. Right. But we've talked about the impact that you have just as a matter of percentages. Obviously, you're one-fifth of a guy on a court as opposed to one-twenty-second and all that. All I'm saying is this is is – in basketball, it just matters more than in other sports what your attitude is and your orientation to the game and the determination and everything else. And Reggie had it, period. And Ray Allen, clutch, but he's not the throw it on my shoulders and let's go to work guy. Absolutely. In my mind. Yeah, and I'm you know, that sounds like I'm discrediting Ray. I don't mean to, but Reggie had it the way very few have had it in that killer instinct type of way. David, do you like professional wrestling? Oh, boy. Not at all. Oh, come on. I think that the one dynamic that exists, though, in professional wrestling that used to be parallel with the NBA specifically was the concept of the hero and the heel. And that's one thing mm. that, that really this, this what's happened in the NBA culture now. Got, no one wants to be the heel anymore, but that used to be such a thing in the NBA. If you were the guy that was wildly hated... There was oh, multiple you, guys. You wore that, that like a nice suit. I mean, how much did Reggie Miller love that people loved hated it. him? Loved, loved it. it. How yeah. much did Isaiah Thomas hate that people hated him? Couldn't stand it. Isaiah Thomas couldn't do it. He yes, he hated right. that people hated him. Yes. There's, but I mean, Kobe Bryant's the the last great example, right? Kobe never gave a care that people hated him. Right. Never. Right. Look at LeBron James. LeBron James has navigated his entire, and I love LeBron James. I defend LeBron James all the time. But LeBron James has navigated his entire 17-year career to appease people and to be beloved. To be beloved. Yes. That's that's what I miss most. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Reggie Miller is an all-timer. Because Reggie Miller, I mean, 
he reveled in the hate more than anybody. He's yeah. one of the most annoying, obnoxious players that's ever played in the league, mm-hmm. and that's what makes him just so great. It's Tutel Nuanas. Good question. Enjoyed it. We might have to reset this. This was fun. Do it again. Tutel Nuanas, ESPN Radio. Quick break. Five teams in the NFL going to pick. They're going to be better or worse next year, we'll tell you, after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Coulter, five teams in the NFL that we wanted to take a look at and just say briefly, are they going to be better or worse than they were this year? We're not going to go through the middle of the road teams. We're not going to go through the bad teams. But some of the good teams, uh, we thought it was worth taking a look at and seeing what they thought. And I'm going to start with an unpopular team, but I think it's an intriguing team, and that's the New England Patriots. They went 12-4. and four. They looked for the first half of the year like, just give them the trophy again. And then, in a very big role reversal, rather than getting better throughout the course of the season, they got worse. And it kind of fell apart, and then they lose their last two games, end up playing you know, in the wild card round. Instead of having a bye, they then get a very good, but also sort of riding a wave Tennessee team, one and done, last throw of the season to pick six for Tom Brady. I mean, it's just unbelievable, unthinkable for people in Boston. That said, they went 12-4. and four. We don't know Tom Brady's status in terms of what he's going to be next year. This is still an obviously outstanding defense. Stephen Gilmore, the defensive player of the year in the NFL, and it's still Bill Belichick. 12-4, and four, better or worse next year in New England than this year. How about I turn your mic on? Better. I If I had to bet on one team to win the Super Bowl next year, I'd bet on the New England Patriots. Now, I don't know why. I don't know how. I just know that their defense was playing at an elite level, and then they got worn out because their offense had almost no production. The media, the pundits, everybody wanted to blame it on Tom Brady. I do think Brady's taking a step back, but I don't think he's taking enough of a step back to not still be able to be elite. The fact of the matter is... It's personnel. There's personnel. Yes. When Philip Dorsett is your go-to dude, I just don't really know... Well, what he wasn't supposed to be. They bring in Antonio Brown. We know what happened right. there. I and, mean, Antonio and, you know, Brown, Josh Gordon, yep. Rob Gronkowski, the, all those things mm-hmm. really punched the Patriots in mm-hmm. the gut, and Brady didn't have much to work with. Somehow, Sonny Michelle's taking, Sonny Michelle's taking a step back. I don't know what happened there. He's not old. He hasn't really been a bell cow back. But they. I just think that they're going to make the moves that they need to. Because their defense, personnel-wise, is elite. Absolutely yeah. elite. They just need to get Brady some help. And if, But what do we know about this story? When we look at it from a broad level, it's so easy to live in the moment and be prisoner to the moment. The Patriots only won back-to-back Super Bowls once. Yeah. What, happens, what always happens with the Patriots? They win a Super Bowl. They have a year that's, quote-unquote, a down year because they don't win the Super Bowl. And then they come back the next year. Guns blazing yeah. and take the NFL by storm. I will say this. They made the AFC Championship how many years in a row, David, can tell us? I mean, so very many. So for them to lose a game that they had to have at Foxborough to get the bye and not win it against Miami, by the way, a bad team, then to lose at home in the playoff game, that is something that we have not seen before. I am with you on the – on the. here's what I think. I think 12-4 and four is like if I was betting, I would say – I would say they're either eleven and five or twelve and four again next year. So I would say they're the same in that respect. But I think they're better because I think right. they're going to make the, the playoffs, and, and I think they're going to win a game in the playoffs. I would not bet on them to win the Super Bowl. I would not. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, but I still think they'll be. I wouldn't. They'll be among the favorites. Let's put it, well, okay. I mean, sure. But I wouldn't. I, let me say it like this: I wouldn't bet on them over any other. I mean, there's there's several teams. Would you I bet would, on them or the Chiefs? 
The Chiefs. See, I wouldn't because oh, yeah. because in this day and age, the biggest obstacle that you have to overcome is being the defending champions. No, no question. I, well, actually, yes and no. I agree with you to an extent. And and if you're going to do that, then I understand it. But if you're going to ask me if the Chiefs played the Patriots, who would I pick to win that game? That's not game? what I'm asking. But, but you are because they're both in the AFC. And I think that those two teams have a very good likelihood of playing each other. And I like the Chiefs. But it depends on where the game's at. Not really. I mean, mm, I don't know, man. That was the last time a team won in Foxborough to go to the Super Bowl. When was the last time a team won in Foxborough to win in Foxborough? How about the last two times a game was played in Foxborough? I mean, it, the Dolphins and the Ravens did it. Or, excuse me, the Dolphins and the Titans did it. I, I like Kansas City. Okay, Colt, do you pick a team? All I'm saying is that the – well, let's do the Chiefs. Because – Well, you can't be better. We we Right. But we, <laughs> we always assume – this this has been such a prevalent narrative in the last 25 years in the NFL – if a team wins the Super Bowl with a young roster, we think, oh, man, the sky's the limit. How are they going to win? That's One, right. two, yep. three, four. Yep. Aaron Rodgers hasn't even never been happens. back. Yep. He's never been back. Drew Brees, same. Yes. There's so, only been six repeat champions in the history of the league. The hardest the, – the, I'll say it again. The biggest obstacle that any team will face in terms of truly winning it all is having won it all the previous year. I, I again, I'm not going to argue with you on this. I, I was simply stating the Chiefs in relationship to the Patriots as I see it. But I do. Th- th- if you're asking me, who's going? Are they going to be better or the same, aka win it again or worse? The answer is is obviously worse. Like that's the only way you can go unless you equal yourself here. Now I guess you can say they win more. What, how many were they? Th- they were 12 and four. So you say, well, they're going to go 14 and two and win the Super Bowl next year. No. Absolutely not. They're going to be worse than they were last year. If no other reason, then this is a much harder road this time around than it was this past season for this team. And so, yeah, good for them, but no to the Chiefs. How about this one? The New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints ended up with the three seed and then lost in the, the shocker to the Minnesota Vikings in New Orleans, but they were 13-3 and three on the season. Man, I think that they're going to be the same with a better chance in the playoffs because they're going to get. I think they'll get a better draw. I don't. The way that it all played out, it was just complete happenstance that the Saints didn't get as good a draw as they probably deserved. Yeah, I mean, it, the, they the, had the same record as. I mean, they had the best record in the NFC, right? They were tied. Yes, with but, the, th- but because of tiebreakers, they just got the three. All right, San Francisco and Green Bay all were thirteen and three, along with New Orleans, which is very. I mean, the idea that there's three thirteen and three teams in the league to say nothing of the conference is is that that doesn't happen, right? So and, yes, and then they got such a bad draw because out of those 13 and three teams, the only team that would have been a worse draw for the saints is the Niners. The The Vikings were a worse draw for them than the Packers. Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably true. And uh, just, and it was just because of the adjustments. I mean, wh- wh- the saints to me are the most complete team in the NFC, maybe the most complete team in the NFL. I, I think they're going to be better because again, I'm not going to judge a team like the saints on any sort of record, I'm going to judge them on what they do in the postseason. And, and, and they're, they're going to, you know, they didn't even win a game in the postseason, so I right. think that they're going to be better this year than they were, or next year than they were this year. Such a striking example of, of in the NFL, if you have very few weaknesses, but one of them is glaring, how teams can exploit it. The Saints are really good across the board, except their interior offensive line. That's the only weakness that they really have. It's not like a crazy weakness. It's just the one spot where they're not elite. What did the Vikings do? They created an entire scheme that they had not run all year long where they put Everson Griffin and Hunter on the inside and just let them destroy the Saints guards and collapse the pocket. And that is where matchups matter in the league. But I, I just think that next year is, I think it's it for the Saints. I think that it's their window. Alan Kamara, Michael Thomas, they're in their prime. They have all these defensive guys that are in their primes, but the prime's not going to last much longer, and Drew Brees is on the very edge of his window. So I just think it's now or never for the Saints, and because of that, I think that will be a motivating factor. I mean, to me, they would be my pick to win the NFC at this moment in time, sitting here right here today. I, and I, I wouldn't argue that with you at all. Let's do a regional team, Coulter, the Seattle Seahawks. We carry the Seattle Seahawks here on ESPN Radio. They were 11-5. and five. They won a playoff game on the road, Wild Card Weekend in Philadelphia. Then they went... Where did they go? 
Oh, they went to uh, Green Bay. They went to Green where they Bay, went, yeah. and they lost to the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. So, uh, eleven and five divisional round appearance, w- one win, and then a loss in the postseason for C- for Seattle. Better or worse? <laughs> I mean, it's just so, it's so interesting because it's a testament to the consistency, and also a testament to the frustration that is their consistency. Right? I mean, the, the Seahawks had the, basically just in terms of results the same season that they've had for 10 years with the exception of the two seasons that they went to the Super Bowl. The Seahawks are just, they're just 11 and five and a one win in the playoffs every year. It seems like that's just kind of where they're at. Yeah, they, it's been a little more uneven than that. And I think that's actually a good thing because you don't want to get stuck. It hasn't it been much more thing. uneven though. I don't think that they've, I don't think they've I, missed the playoffs. Sure. They missed the playoffs, ago. but in terms of record, I think that they've won 10 games. I think they've won between 10 and 12 games except for one year. Every year that Russell Wilson has mm-hmm. been their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, the number of games you win in the regular season is is utterly inconsequential, except insofar as you get a buyer, you don't, and also where you have to play. No, no, because if they win another game or two, then they get to stay at home. I mean, maybe for one game, but it didn't matter. They won on the road. I mean, they it's would true. have been going on the road anyways. Then in the game that they ended up losing, uh, but they also lucked out because they got to play a bad team. I mean, none of that, none of that matters. Did you win in the playoffs or did you not? That's it. Well, I don't think the Seahawks are going to be better. But I also don't think they're going to be worse. So you got the Seahawks going 11-5 and five and making it to the divisional round again. I Look, I think this is a team who played San Francisco better than the Seattle Seahawks in you know this past season. Nobody. Two epic games. They split them. Okay. Um, Seattle was, you know, a, a foot away from being the NFC West champions and 12 and four and the number three seed or whatever. I mean, that's, that's how close this team came down to do it. Ultimately they didn't get done. They, they become the five seed. Okay. I will say this. They might be the same. They are not going to be worse. DK Metcalf is the real deal. Chris Carson will be back. Their defense is young and their defense was not great. It was okay was not great but it's going to be better than it was this past season and so the difference is going to be they're going to have to go to battle again with san francisco who's going to be good again they're going to have to go to battle with the rams who are going to be i think better than they were this year uh who knows about arizona how much progress they can make there or whatever so that's a tough division the nfc west and that's why I think, you know, 12 and 4, 11 and 5, 10 and 6, all of those are in play for Seattle. But regardless of what the outcome of their record is, they're going to be much better prepared. They were never a threat in the postseason to to make a run. Okay? They got you they did get a soft draw, relatively speaking, especially when Carson Wentz goes down. In, you know, in Philadelphia, okay, you know, whatever. They go to the Green Bay, they lose that game and 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 that's it and that's all. So uh I'm I I think they're going to to be, you know, as good and probably a little bit better and and maybe have a look at it. And at the end of the day, you don't know where the, the how the cards fall in the postseason. You just got to line up and play the games. And they're a team that can win any postseason game that they end up in because they got Russell and they got a coach who knows how to get them ready to go. This is, is a fun game. I love talking about it. I love talking about it. But at the end of the day, it really is all just comes down to who stays healthy. Of course, I mean, I mean, because really, what like you said, the two best games of the year in the NFC was the Seahawks and the Niners. They looked very equal. They were. They were as equal as two teams. And, could why, and so, but be. why? Why did the Niners finish as the one seed and then make it to the playoffs? Yeah, because they lose their first three running backs. So they did lose one. But Seattle, really. Seattle was just eroded by the end yeah. of the year. And I mean, they lost three out of four going in the playoffs, right? Yep. I mean, that was the difference. Sutel Nuanas, one hundred two ninety ESPN Radio. Come back, Blaine Taylor. The subject of Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree podcast series, episode four. It comes out later on this evening. We'll play a little snippet for you from Coach Taylor right after this. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure am i right absolutely got to be cyber safe this day and age well for you business owners out there whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business it's still running through the web we all know that's a fact and in today's always on world your business demands a simpler approach to network security 
At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Coulter Grizz grades the coaching tree. Also brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot is building a high-capacity fiber network to connect businesses and homes to the world. Visit goblackfoot.com for more information. It's also brought to us by the Bryan team and Mike Nugent of Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. And Stockman's Bar. Stockman's Bar has been supporting Montana basketball particularly for over 50 years. Mike Dugan, Mike Brian, Gary Brian, Berkshire Hathaway, all local real estate experts. So don't hesitate if you have any questions. They know that buying and selling any residential or commercial property can be stressful. Those guys are here to help you out. So just give them a call. The phone numbers are available all over this Grizz Greats podcast. So go check it out. And Stockman's Bar, a downtown Missoula institution, $3 draft beers from open till close every single day of the week. And some of the fiercest men's basketball supporters in the entire city of Missoula. They also have Dobie's Teriyaki, and we want to give it to you right now. We got a $15 gift card, 329-1899, 329-1899. You want to go get yourself some great teriyaki, the best in the city right now, 329-1899. You got a gift card. With that, the Blaine Taylor Episode 4 Grizz Grace Coaching Tree Podcast coming out later on this evening. Here's a little snippet of it. Wet your whistle. Tell us about what the recruiting pitch from Judd Heathcote was like. <laughs> If I don't kill you, you'll become a good player. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, Judd, as edgy as he was, was as, as, as uh, he was a curious guy. You just to hear him talk, you just there was a certain reverence with what he said and and the way he said it and, and how thoughtful and and uh, how it hit, it kind of sunk into you. And I was a real good student. I, I you know, I had uh, about a three, six GPA out of Hellgate. And so, you know, they, they had me visit all the law schools everywhere that I visited in Montana, had a really good law school. Since that time, I ended up getting my master's in athletic administration and, 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 and went in, in another direction in coaching. But, uh, you know, I was well-rounded. Uh, I sang with the Chevaliers, a touring group when I was at Hellgate and I mean, Judd came and watched me sing and was, you know, kind of pissed when he walked over and saw that they had me wearing these high heel shoes, made me look about six, five instead of six, two. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, anyway, he had a method of making you believe that there was something great going to happen. And I had gone to games when they redid the arena, they had a tartan floor and Judd get so mad. He'd pull, he'd pull in his socks and pull his foot right through his sock. And he throw his coat, and to me, I, I love the passion that he had. And I think you see it in Robin Selvig during his years. I think you see it in Travis. You see the, the, the passion that people that have either been in charge or have participated in Grizzly Athletics, the, the real, the, the ones who really have, you know, give you a sparkle in your eye when you look at them, they're the ones that have that little extra gene, that gift of passion, and uh, Judd had that. Coach, we got to ask you about Travis because obviously it came full circle for him. He played for you, and now he's the head coach here and has been as successful as anyone in his time as a head coach. But what do you remember about him as a player, and how did he even get on your radar as a transfer from Chaminade? Okay, I was sitting by the pool in Southern California early in the morning, which was my habit in the summer recruiting because you had long days recruiting, and I would you know go out in the morning and get my list of players and cup of coffee and, and sit there by the pool. And Ed Peppel walked out. He was the coach at Mercer Island High School. And, what are you looking for, Blaine? You know, Ed just got done working out. And I'm sitting there in the sun, and I said, well, you're looking for a point guard. He goes, oh, I got one that's transferring back from, and I'm in Southern California. And he said, I got one transferring back from Chaminade. And he gave me the name, and I said, you know, I saw him play in Long Beach at Izzy Washington's event. But there was about six guys on his team that were all the same size running around. You couldn't tell anybody from anybody. And he says, yeah, he was amongst those guys, and he had a heck of a year. So anyway, 
I go up to my hotel room. I'm supposed to go out to Pomona and all over Southern California recruiting that day. I said, hey, man, I, what do you think about me flying up to Seattle to see this guy? He says, well, go ahead. So I go to the airport, jump on a plane. I fly up to Seattle. I go to a summer league in Bellevue. I walk in there, and I said, which kid am I looking at here? And about the time they pointed out who he was, he was on a breakaway. And he bounced the ball on the floor and tried the 360 and dunk it. Missed it badly. <laughs> and I went, I went, and I was an assistant at the time, and I go, who will kill this guy? <laughs> I mean, Stu was a big guy. He didn't need no guard. He's just probably throw the ball to the big guys and get out of the way. You know. So anyway, I got to know him, and he had some choices, and so did we. But everything came together, and I got close to Travis through the recruitment. As it turns out, Stu was the head coach when he was recruited there, but he came there red-shirted. Stu left and ended up having his playing years under me. So I, I don't know if it was the transition assistant to head coach, closeness, but we really bonded. I had four daughters, never had any sons, and I've always kind of joked that Travis was the son I never had. There you go. Blaine Taylor, a little, uh, I mean, who's better culture than Blaine Taylor to sit there and talk about well, anything with and the stories that he had for us and everything, just a blast to talk to him. We certainly appreciate it. So Grizz Grace Coaching Tree Podcast Episode 4 coming out this evening. Looking for that. All-time classic, man. Blaine Taylor's a cut-up. No better guy to really hear stories from. So it was a pleasure to have him. And uh, special thanks to Blaine because I know that he helped kind of make this happen. We knew that if we called Blaine and, and got him on it that he would say, hey, guys, you know, we should – should all do this and i think he reached out to some others and yep. helped facilitate some numbers and as he's been doing his entire career connecting connecting all the dots and uh, he's an all-time uh, he's an all-timer man love blaine taylor if i don't kill you you'll be pretty good that's great that is i mean how, how do you do better than that uh grizz great's coaching Tree podcast again brought to us by blackfoot communications blackfoot building a high capacity fiber network to connect businesses and homes to the world go visit goblackfoot.com for more information also brought to us by mike nugent and the brian team at berkshire hathaway real estate and stockman's bar proud supporter of montana men's basketball for over 50 years fun show this evening we send you out now to new orleans for battle of well we hope one of the great young players in this game, Zion Williamson, and certainly one of the great young players, and maybe, I don't know, maybe the best player in this game, the Greek freak, Giannis. 33-26, the Pelicans winning over the Bucks at the end of the first quarter. So we'll join this thing starting in the second quarter uh, and uh, get a little NBA going. I mean, after all, football is over, so it's time to get a little bit of, uh, little bit of basketball going. I'm on the Milwaukee side on this one. Boys and girls, have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow ESPN Radio. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.